Alrighty, back for a Cash Medi podcast tonight, baby. We're going to be talking about the strictly about the San Diego Padres. Really happy about what's going on, getting you Darvish, getting Blake Snell, but I'm going to dive into it, give my thoughts on it. I've done a couple periscopes on it, but I wanted to really go more in detail about Snell and and Darvish and what's going on with the Padres. I just think, like, I've been sitting here tonight. I'm off tomorrow. I've been on Twitter, checking out Twitter, seeing what people are saying, trying to get, you know, read up on the Padres and, you know, what people are saying about them. Is it good trades? Is it bad trades? Blah, blah, blah. I just think it's hilarious how the Dodger fans are acting. Dodger fans are making it like as if, you know, we got Ralmudo, Juan Soto, and Trevor Bauer. They still would be like, nope, we're the Dodgers, so we're better than you because we won the World Series last year. Oh, my God. We won a World Series when there were 60 games, so you have to give us credit. I mean, these fucking Dodger fans are literally acting like they've won 15 of the last 20 World Series. It's like, dude, you've had a top three payroll probably like what, 90% of the time in the last 20 years? And you have one World Series in that in that span? And it was on a shortened season? You got fucking lucky to win that World Series anyways. The, the Braves were missing one of their top pitchers and the series went seven games. The Padres, Dodgers, Dodger fans are acting like the, the Padres had no chance against them. Well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. The Padres were missing Kirby Yates, which no one talks about. So... If Yates was healthy, they could have used what they traded to get Rosenthal to get something else. So that could have benefited them. Um, they didn't have Clevenger. They didn't have Lament. That's your one and two in a series. If the Dodgers didn't have Kershaw or, or Bueller, I mean, fuck, what, you think they would have won the World Series? No chance. No chance if they're missing those guys. And you got this guy. Let me see. This Dave Rosenthal guy, who's a you know a Dodger, I don't know what he is, like media guy or anything, he says the Padres are legit on paper, but still second best in the division by quite a bit. Yet this asshole says, give a listen to my, my podcast, and he says that Chris Bryant makes a lot of sense for the Dodgers, even if they sign Justin Turner. Well, ass clown, if they fucking are... are are so far ahead of the Padres, what do they need Chris Bryant for? Who are they competing against? I mean, the Braves, they already beat them. They're the greatest thing on earth, the Dodgers. They've won 15 of the last 20 World Series. What do you need to go get Chris Bryant for if they're just so far ahead? And Vegas doesn't think that they're far ahead by that much. The Dodgers on most of the sites that I've seen are 4-1 to one to win the World Series. The Padres are either 6-1 to one or 8-1. to one. Would, and the Padres are third, like the, the Yankees are second. And a lot of those things on the gambling is they're going to put lower odds for a huge market like the Dodgers and a huge market, you know, in New York for the Yankees. And the Yankees, the only reason why they have better odds or, or worse, you know, uh, lower odds is because that they, they play in the American League. I mean, Fangraphs, and I'm not a big Fangraph guy, but Fangraphs says the Padres are right there with the Dodgers. Anyone who has a fucking brain knows that the Padres are right there with the Dodgers. I I mean, yeah, I'm optimistic about my teams, but I feel like I'm very even keel. And I said going into that series, 
into the playoff series, you know, prior to Lament and Cleverger getting hurt. I would have figured the Dodgers had about a 65% chance of winning that series and the Padres had about 35% chance. So that isn't that, I mean, that gap is not that big. I mean, sure, yeah, the Dodgers are still favored. I mean, I would still favor the Dodgers right now. But when you add you Darvish and Blake Snell, which I believe, in my opinion, both of those pitchers are better than Lament and Clevenger. I think Clevenger's more of a number two. I think Lament, the way he was pitching last year, he was a one. But Darvish and Snell have been ones for a while. And I see some Padres, you know, some people saying you Darvish is old and he only had one good year in Chicago. Well, I kind of disagree with that. He had a really good second half in 2019 for the Dodgers. If you go look at his last 25 starts, I mean, which is basically about 75% of a whole season. I mean, he's been he's been lights out. He was unbelievable uh, this past season for the Cubs. And if you listen to Jim Bowden on Darren Smith's show, he was saying once he got healthy, he's a dominant pitcher. And that's he looks like he's healthy right now. I know he had injury problems before. But fuck, dude, pitchers have injury problems. And I thought... Um, I thought Danny made a really good point on the 5.5 podcast where he said, I thought it was a good point because I agreed with him, but he said, if you Darvish was a free agent right now, he would make more than $20 million a year for the next three years. I think he'd make around 25 Someone would sign him for a three-year deal for, you know, about, I think, for $75 million. Well, he's making, he's making $20 million. You know, we got him for $59 million. And then you you take off five million. We're, we got him for fifty four million. So whatever three into fifty four is, what, what is that? Eighteen? Yeah, it's eighteen million. So we're getting him for eighteen million. I think if he was on the market right now, I think he'd get about twenty five million. So so that's a benefit for the Padres. Now Snell, you got him for three for thirty nine. So average comes out to. To 13 million a year. I think it's like 11, 14, and 16. No, that doesn't add up. But I think it's like 11 million this year, like something, and then 16 the last year, I believe. Um, there's no way that he's not worth more than 13 million a year. He'd be close to what? I mean, I don't even know what his age is 27, 28, um, maybe 29. He, he would be getting, again, 25 million a year. So you are benefiting so much from getting those two guys. Because I see Dave Palais always putting like, Padres aren't developing their players and you have to, he tried to say like getting free agents and shit. We're not getting free agents. We're trading because we have so much depth in our farm system that we could stockpile so many guys and, and we're trading where if you sign free agents, like Hosmer. Hosmer's contract isn't good, you know? He signed a free agency. Most of those contracts are going to be bad because they're at the the highest of the market. Like they're going to get the most there because you're you're in a bidding war. When you're trading, like a lot of teams don't have the they don't have the they don't have the players like the Cubs aren't going to trade with every single team, you know, because they don't have the players to to match the offer. So we're we're 
the Padres are doing very well financially getting two pitchers like that, that Darvish is making $18 million and the other guy's making 13 for the next three years. That's $31 million combined, so that's $15.5 million, you know, from each guy. I mean, that's phenomenal for, for two ones. These are number one pitchers. Now, you can kind of say Snell's only a five-inning pitcher. Well, I mean, if you saw his interview, he was stoked that he's going to be able to pitch in the sixth inning, that the Padres obviously made it very clear to him, we're going to let you go into the sixth inning. Darvish, I know a lot of people are concerned about, well, he's, um, I think he's 34 or 35, and I'm not too worried about these guys that pitch in Japan or Korea. You know, these guys have rubber arms, dude. Like, I'm not too worried about it. I know Snell's had an injury. I know Darvish has had an injury. I know the Dodgers have never had a pitcher get injured. You know, Julio Urias, that guy pitches, you know, 250 innings every year. I mean, I had a guy in my periscope yesterday telling me that Julio Urias hasn't been hurt and has pitched the full seasons the last two years. First of all, last year was a 60-game season, and the previous season, someone told me he threw like 70 innings. Like, I mean, people are just delusional. Like, Dodger fans are so upset that the Padres are actually competing and that we have just as good of a window in the next three to five years as they do. I mean, maybe they, they have a slight, very slight chance better than us, and Personally, I think if we have if Lament's healthy, I think we have a better roster than they do right now. If you tell me that Lament's healthy, that means, in my opinion, you have three number ones. You got three of the top 25 pitchers in baseball. When Lament's on his game and he's healthy, now he's not proven like the other, you know, I can name probably 35 more pitchers who have had better health than he has and have proven it in more years than Lament. But... What was Lament for Cy Young last year? He had to be like top three, top four in the National League. Uh, Darvish was number two. I mean, Snell was throwing gems in the playoffs. I just saw his playoff career ERA is 2.8, but Dodger fans aren't concerned about that. I mean, he just he just shoved against you in the World Series, but you're not concerned about that. I mean, like I get it. You won the World Series, and you're the greatest organization of all time. And no one's, you know, you're going 162-0. and And you're just going to breeze through the playoffs like you did last year. And you didn't go seven games against the Braves. And the Braves weren't missing one of their key starting pitchers. And you just dominated that series. I mean, I know. I mean, you're the Golden State Warriors of, of basketball. And just no one has a chance. You got Kevin Durant. You got Curry. You got Thompson. Um, no one has a chance. I mean, I don't. The the Padres are just wasting all this money because they're going to come in second place, be a wild card, get spanked by the Dodgers, and it's just going to happen over and over. And it's just a waste of getting these players. Yet Dodger fans, like a guy like Dave Palais, and I like Dave Palais. I'm just bringing him up as an example. Have bashed on the Padres for years for not spending for not getting, you know, competing, being a laughing stock, and we finally have an ownership in Peter Seidler and Ron Fowler, and Ron Fowler now isn't really part of it as much, um, 
We finally have a foundation that we're going to spend. We finally have a foundation where we have a general manager who knows how to scout, who knows how to draft players, international signing, knows what he's doing. And we're just building all this talent through the minor league system. We're trading off the depth in the minor league system to go get more key players. We're not talking about getting fringe players to like a fourth outfielder that, oh, he's having a good year. We could stick him to be a starter this year and then he flames out the next year. We're not talking about renting, you know, Justin Upton. We're not talking about going and getting uh, Matt Kemp when he has bad hips. We're not talking about James Shields and overpaying for him. We're talking about marquee players that have, that have good contracts, don't have terrible contracts, are under control for a couple of years, and we have a foundation finally. And I'm just, I'm just so excited as a Padre fan to finally get ownership. I mean, you win in sports with ownership, okay? It's a lot easier in baseball, you know, to go out and be the Yankees, be the Red Sox, be the Cubs, be the Dodgers, and outspend people. It's easier in that sport than it is in basketball or football, especially football, because football's got, you know, a real salary cap. I mean, basketball, it's funny, Dodger fans are telling Padre fans, you didn't draft any of these players. Oh my God, I can't believe you're just going out and saying, aren't you Laker fans? I mean, who the fuck is the Lakers? I don't watch the NBA anymore, but who the fuck is on the Lakers that you drafted? Kuzma? Gasol? I mean, that's like two players. Your whole, the best players on your team, you didn't draft. Then you could say, well, the Padres didn't draft any of their best players. Okay. I mean, great. You've been doing what the Dodgers have been doing for years is being in a, a top three payroll for years. For the what? The last 20 years, you have a top five payroll almost every fucking year. I would say the last 20 years, I would bet 90% of the time you had a top five payroll, if not top three. And you have one World Series on a shortened season, and you're just having circle jerks 24-7 about it. Like, relax, dude. We're here. We ain't going nowhere, dude. We ain't going nowhere. We're coming to get you. We're the fucking Padres, man. Don't be afraid of us. We're just the little guys, you know? We're just a little brother that's always gotten his ass kicked. We have no chance. I mean, it's not like we got Fernando Tatis, you know? He's not the best shortstop in baseball, one of the best players in baseball. It's not like we got Manny Machado, who all you Dodger fans said was was a terrible contract, and he's going to dog it, and he's going to do this, and he ain't this, and he ain't that. How did that work last year? All I saw was how bad his contract was, you know, the previous year. Now we got Lament, Darvish, Snell, and then come next year we're going to get Clevenger too. And speaking of that, if if the Padres have come next year, the following year in 2022, if they had the four pitchers, Lament, Darvish, Snell, and Clevenger, if they have those four guys and they feel like all four of them are healthy, I'm just predicting this right now. I think Chris Paddock will get traded in the offseason. Not this offseason, but next offseason. If they feel like all four of those guys are healthy, like Clevenger's healthy and Lament's healthy, and they feel, hey, we got those four, and then we got Gore. If Gore pitches this year, 
or Morahan, whichever one, if one of them has a good solid season this year, maybe even just the second half, but they feel very comfortable with them being a five, I believe Paddock can get easily traded because Paddock will have a cheap contract. You know, he'll be getting close to arbitration. I don't know exactly how many years, but his contract will probably be cheap. And you could flip him and you could probably get two good prospects coming back. And you say, well, why would you do that? Well, you've given up a lot of depth, you know, in these trades. In the Clevenger trade, you gave up a lot of depth. I think you gave up seven guys in that one, five or seven guys. And you gave up four in the Snell one. And you gave up four or five in the Darvish one. So you gave up a lot of chunk in your top 30 prospects. But nothing really was in the top five except for Patino. Not even really in the top 10. But you gave up a lot of chunk in that. Well, you could easily get, you know, a guy in a paddock trade that'll be in your top 10 prospects and then, you know, another, like, from someone else's system, like their seventh guy and their 13th guy or 15th guy. And that could really help you down the road because then you got, you know, control and he's young because you won't basically knee pack. Or you could even do this is even lament. I think lament or paddock, if all goes well, could get traded next offseason because lament will probably be coming close to getting a contract. And if you got Darvish and Snell for two more years after after this year coming up, and you say, okay, well, they're kind of locked into two years. Core won't have much on his contract. Clevenger only has one year left. But, you know, maybe more on, I mean, you might flip Lament and still have Paddock. So you would have, after 2022, you would have Paddock under contract, Gore under contract, Darvish and Snell one more year. And prior to that, you could trade Lament and get another two guys, you know, two good prospects for him, like at a, a top 50 prospect and something else, like another throw-in. I mean, you could really restock your farm system that way. Another way that I'm not so worried about, like, the farm system or any of that is in a lot of those trades, like, let's go through the Snell trade. He gave up. He gave up Patino. He gave up a lot in the Snell trade. I mean, not necessarily because getting Snell, I mean, three years, like I said earlier, like his contract is so cheap. That's why he's he's got so much value. And you got him for three years. So he gives up Patino. I mean, that's a that's a top 25 prospect in all baseball. That's a really good piece for, for Tampa Bay. And then he gives up Blake Hunt and uh, Cole Wilcox. I think Wilcox is a pretty good prospect. You're looking at like a number four type of pitcher. He would have been a first rounder. We draft him in the third round. All you could replace Wilcox, basically his his value by drafting a first rounder in the 2021 draft coming up. What pick do the Padres have? Like 25, 26, somewhere around there. Well, Wilcox was supposed to be like a picked in the first round around 20, 25. Well, there you go. You pick so that that takes care of Wilcox. Um, in the Darvish trade, you gave up your second round pick, the outfielder Casey. Well, 
You could almost re- restock that with drafting an outfielder in the second round this year. Now, it won't be as early, but something like that. The shortstops that you traded to the Cubs and the outfielder, those guys are like 16, 17-year-olds. And if I'm not mistaken, they're all international signings. Maybe one of them wasn't. Maybe one of them was drafted, but I believe the uh, the two shortstops were international signings. Dude, uh, that's the last thing I'm worrying about with Preller. Preller's going to sign those guys, those type of guys, every single year. So he's just going to restock the, the farm system. It will just take two to three years. Is he going to make it where, you know, you get a guy like Gore type? Well, that was the third pick of the draft. We're not going to be picking there anymore. Okay. Weathers, I think, was seven. I think Quantrill was eight. Well, we're not picking there. So those type of players, yeah, that's going to be harder to replace because you're not picking as high. You're going to be picking later. But he got, if I'm not mistaken, he got Camposuano in the second round. Like he knows what he's doing drafting. I mean, I don't think he drafts as well as he signs international guys. I mean, he got Patino internationally. He got Morahan international. He got the Gabriel Arias guy. He got those two shortstops that just went to the Cubs. He's got um, uh, Baez. You know, he's done pretty well in the internationals. And that's that's like what he's known for. So he's going to keep doing that. Um, you know, we got... I, I keep hearing, well, you don't have any players that were drafted that are um, the everyday eight. You know, you haven't developed any players. Okay. Robert Hassel, uh, Abrams, uh, Head, Hudson Head. Those guys are coming pretty soon. I mean, there's going to... I guarantee at least one of those guys is probably going to pan out and is going to be in there. And what does that matter anyways? Just because he ripped you off on... The Kyle Davies and the the or Zach Davies and the the Grisham trade where he what do we give up Urias and Eric Lauer I mean we just got our center fielder with a cheap contract for the next four or five years who's probably going to move to right field when Abrams comes up or Robert Hassel comes up he's probably going to end up moving to right field. I mean, those are such great moves, dude. That helps your franchise out so, so much to get a cheap player like that. Guy's probably going to hit 25, 30 home runs next year. I know he strikes out a lot, but he walks a lot. He plays really good defense. All the fan graph motherfuckers said he couldn't play center field. Um, those guys can kiss my ass. He could play center field. I mean, didn't he, I think he won the gold glove. I mean, I was told, well, he can't play center field. Bullshit, he can't play center field. Of course he could play center field. And he played it damn well. Might even move to the, you know, corner outfield. Um, going back to international signing, he just got the Kim guy. I mean, I don't know if the Kim guy is going to be good, but it sounded like other teams wanted him. Sounded like he he could hit some bombs and play some pretty good defense and steal bases. He ripped off Tampa Bay when the Cronenworth trade. Everyone was like, "Well, Fam's not that good." Okay, great. If you wouldn't do that trade straight up for Cronenworth, I would in a heartbeat. Pagan second half of the season looked way better. I know Margot had a great 
you know, playoff run. The guy's OPS was under 700. I think it was like 670 or something. He's not, Margo's not good. He had a great playoff. I mean, good for Tampa Bay. I like Margo. I mean, I didn't, you know, I wasn't high on him here, but I liked him. So good for him. But you're starting to see more and more he's winning these trades. You could say, oh, he lost a Clevenger trade. What did we give up in that trade? If Clevenger comes back next year, he doesn't even have to pitch in the first half. If he comes back and pitches in the playoffs and has a good playoff run, he's worth that trade. What did you trade? Quantrill? Josh Naylor? You just you traded throw-in dudes. Gabriel Arias? Gary Arias is blocked. Once you get your team so stacked that guys are blocked, they're just throw-ins into a trade. And then it gives you two, three, four years to replenish it because you don't like no one's playing third base in the next couple of years except for Manny Machado. No one's playing shortstop for the next couple of years for the Padres. They don't need to look at that except for Tatis. I mean, Machado can leave in three years. He can opt out. So you have three off seasons to find his replacement. If you want to look at it that way, Tatis, he's he's here for uh, four more years at least. Until you say either you have to sign him or you have to replace him. I mean, you're going to sign him. I'm not worried about that at all. I think come next offseason, I think they'll, they'll sign him. Left field's the only position that you pretty much need someone in the next couple of years. Center field, you got Grisham, I don't know, like four or five more years on his contract. Uh, Myers has got two more years, so you, you, need, you need basically a left fielder and a right fielder. Well, guess what? Your two best prospects or or two of your better prospects for positions is Abrams, who's probably going to play center field, and then you got Robert Hassel, who you just drafted number eight or number nine or somewhere around there in the first round. And you got Hudson Head, too. So your some of your better prospects or best position prospects are outfield. First base, you got Hosmer for two more years, and then he can opt out. It's very easy to find a first baseman, but you could start looking for that. Maybe draft one in the second, third round. I don't know. You maybe maybe in a year or two you you make a trade for a young first baseman. Like maybe when you trade Paddock or something or Lament, you say, I want a first baseman. Very that's very easy to figure out. Kim, you just signed him for what, five years? Four or five year deal? I don't even know what it was. So he ain't going nowhere. He's 24 years old. Uh, catcher, you got Nola for the next couple of years. And behind him, you got Camposuano. So you're set. You're, you're, you're pretty set at every position. I'm not worried for the next couple of years. Maybe left field come next year, you say, okay, we have to fill that position. Maybe. That's the only one. That is not that hard to fill that position. Pitching-wise... You got you got Snell for the next three years. You got Darvish for the next three. Laments under contract for I don't know at least two or three more years. Paddock's got like probably four more years on under his contract. Gore hasn't even started his time. Morhan just started his time, I believe. I mean, you got Weathers to back that up. So. 
So yeah, you would probably, I would feel a little more comfortable if you have like two or three more young pitchers because you did trade off, you know, Patino, Wilcox. Um, but keeping Weathers is nice, and you got a couple lottery tickets. You got Anderson Espinosa, who's got who's had two Tommy Johns. I think he's a pretty valuable lottery ticket. I think Mason Thompson. I've seen him pitch. I mean, one of the first times I ever watched him pitch. I remember texting my brother. I remember texting one of my buddies. I was like, this kid's pretty good. And then, you know, he blows out his arm again. But, I mean, he's got great stuff. Um, so those are kind of lotteries there. Let's give another year, find out what you got there. Your bullpen, I'm never really worried about the bullpen. I mean, you got Javi Gareth. I think that guy's going to be good eventually. I know he got bombed last year, but... He he shouldn't he shouldn't have been on the team. He would have been in he should have been in the minor leagues. It's just his his time he had to be on the majors. Otherwise, if he they sent him down, he would he would have gotten picked up by someone. Um so you're pretty good everywhere you're at. He just can't right now, Preller can't make another big trade and say, I'm trading like four or five for one. He just can't do that anymore. He did that enough. Which is great because like two years ago, I was like, dude, he's got so many pitchers. He's got so many prospects. He's going to have to clunk in like four four or five for ones. And that's exactly what he's done. I just didn't think he would get like a Darvish and a Snell for it and a Clevenger, you know, and only have to give up one major prospect in Patino. I mean, it's just impressive. I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait for the season. Hopefully there's fans. I think it's a gold mine. I've been saying that. You got to steal minimum five to seven thousand that would have gone to the Chargers, had season tickets to the Chargers, but now are like, I got X amount of dollars, whatever would it cost for the season tickets for the Chargers, and you're like, that fan is like, well, I got X amount of dollars I used to have, like let's say twenty thousand, I don't know, well where else am I going to spend it? Well, I'll, I'll buy a package for the Padres, forty game package. I'll buy. 82 game or 81 game package for the Padres. I mean, that should be an easy transition, especially because the arrow is pointing up. I think you're going to get, if the fans were there this year, I think you would get 35 a game to a sellout. Anything in between that. Like, I think 35 would be the least amount average to every game. Once you start getting that, then the owners are going to start making big time money and they're going to they're not even going to worry about these salaries. And from what I heard is there's some Mexican guy that's chipping in some money and Peter Seiler has a shit ton of money. I was told a while ago, 2 2 years ago, when they were going for Machado and Harper that I was told, "Hey, Matty, they would already signed Harper." If it wasn't for Fowler, if Siler was in control, he would have signed Harper. And actually, I'm glad they didn't sign Harper. I'd rather have Machado. But he's well. Actually, I think he said they would have signed Harper for sure. And if not Harper, they would have signed Machado. Now they ended up signing Machado, but he said it would happen like at the time they they hadn't signed either one. Um. So I've been told that Siler is going to spend more. I just didn't know it would be this year right away. 
and it already looks like it is. I think they'll still get a closer. I think Rosenthal or Kirby Yates will come back on a cheap contract. No, I mean, nothing too expensive. Um, I didn't see Rosenthal tweet anything, and usually he's kind of like all Padres, so that kind of makes me think that maybe he thinks he's not coming back here. Um, I, I mean, technically he's a free agent, but... Even when he was a free agent after the season, he was kind of texting or tweeting some shit about the Padres and saying, you know, it seemed like he wanted to come back. And then I haven't seen really anything from him. Maybe he's just off of Twitter for now. I don't know. Uh, what else do I got? Oh, AC. I mean, AC's just getting dunked on. I mean, Dennis Lynn is kicking his ass. Everything, you know, AC's late on everything. And one thing... I got some people that always give me, like, try to give me a hard time. Like, I don't really care, but, uh, like, what do you troll AC or why do you follow him if if you hate him so much? I, yes, I do hate AC. He's a fucking dick. I know a story about AC, and trust me, if you knew the story, you would think he's the biggest douchebag ever. He's a fucking prick, okay? I think he's an arrogant fuck. Um... I, I can't trust him. He he sucked as a beat writer for the Chargers. He sucks as a beat writer for the Padres. He's a dick. And he thinks he's the greatest thing on earth. And he fucking talks down to people. I don't like him. Dennis Lynn is a class act. I've never met Dennis Lynn. I don't know him. I think he's a class act. I think I like the way he he conducts himself. He he's He's having a hell of an offseason right now, Dennis Lynn. It seems like he he is getting shit first. AC's not going to get shit now that Fowler's gone. That was his source. That was his guy. Remember when he was the beat writer for the Chargers? The minute A.J. Smith left, he couldn't get shit. So all he ever has is one guy. So you're always going to see Lynn beat his ass and beat him to the punch. But, I mean, Whatever. And if people think, well, AC's so good, man. Why are you being a dick to him? Trust me. If you knew the story that I knew about AC, you'd be like, yeah, he's a fucking asshole. Fuck that. So I'll just say that. Um, I'm looking forward to the season. Hopefully fans can go. I I, I honestly, I'm going to Vegas in a couple weeks. I'm going to put some money on the Padres. Hopefully I can get some decent odds at 8-1. to one. Six to one isn't the greatest for World Series, but I'm going to put it on the division too, because I think the Dodgers might be lackadaisical, you know, in the regular season. I could see the Padres winning the division, and the Dodgers saying, "Ah, well, we we won the World Series and we're fine," which is fine. I mean, if I was a Dodger fan, I wouldn't really care as long as your team gets in the playoffs. Um, and another thing, I think it was a good move by the Padres to get the. Get the catcher for you, Darvish. Because I heard, I think it was Jesse Rogers on on Ben and Woods. And he was saying how you, Darvish, when he first came to the Cubs, like they uh, those type of guys from Japan and, and different countries and shit, they want to feel comfortable. And when they don't feel comfortable, they don't, I don't know, they don't play as well. So you bring over his catcher. That's his personal catcher. He's going to feel comfortable. You got uh, Kim, you know, you Darvish. I mean, you got some some marketable players. I mean, those jerseys, you Darvish is going to have 
one of the top jersey sales. Uh, Tatis is probably going to be number one. Even though he plays in San Diego, I wouldn't be surprised if Tatis has the number one sale for jerseys. I mean, you're going to get merchandise with players like that. Machado, uh, Darvish with the, you know, the fan base that a U Darvish has. All that shit matters. All that shit's, you know, that's extra money into the pockets of Peter Seiler. Just got to get the fans there, man. I pray that the fans can go this year because I think once that happens, I wouldn't be surprised we get our payroll in the top five, top three once the fans get there. I I really think that because Peter Seidler, it seems like he's going to be the guy. So that's all I got. Fuck the Dodgers. I'm tired of the fucking guys on Twitter. But the only way to shut them up is to beat them on the field. So go Padres. Good night now.